episode 50 of Board Games with Variant Hex is all about games we play 50 times. I'm Kelly, and in this episode, Adam and I talk about the top five games we'd play 50 times. We'll talk a bit about how we came up with our lists and then share our picks. We'll also end with a longer than expected discussion of Adam's final pick. Without further ado, I'll turn it over to myself and Adam talking about games we play 50 times. A very gentle celebration of 50 episodes since we don't have any kind of schedule. We just release them whenever, record whatever we feel like. Makes it a lot easier. The lack of restrictions makes it a lot easier to get to 50 episodes because it's you know, about 40 of goofing around and maybe 10 that are like, yeah, we really went for it. So here at the 50th episode, we're going to talk about the top five games we'd play 50 times. One for every episode, including this one. I'm already very excited for episode like 500 because we're going to do this again then. And I feel like that's going to be the games we play bigger mountain. 500 times? Yeah, I know. I think this is, we've started a tradition with this. But if, yeah. But trying to think like. I think it's a different list. I think there's games I would want to play 500 times that I would not want to play 50 times, maybe. How is that? that You would have, yeah. I retract the statement. Right. Hang on. So I think there there could be some games that I would play 50 times, but I definitely would not play 100 times. I just, I thought at everything like this, we would have to come up with something different. Well, I think there are games I've already played 50 times that I'm not picking for this list. Oh. But I have not played 500 times. Sure. And I might be excited for like the 500th time I play it. But I'm not as excited about the 50th. I don't know that I've actually played anything. I don't know that I've played anything 50 times. I know that there are multiple games I've played over 20 times. But that next that next set of 25... I don't think I've actually done that yet. Certain games lend themselves a lot more to this many plays. Solo games, of course, if you're just by yourself and if they're short, it's not like you have to get the buy-in from another person to do this another 49 times after you play. Right. And then, yeah, of course, short games just for the time constraints alone. Playing Twilight Imperium 50 times is a much different accomplishment than playing Super Mega Lucky Box 50 times. Because you can probably play Super Mega Lucky Box 50 times in the time that it would take you to do TI once, I think. Yeah, that's an interesting ratio on that. I like that. And I would say not all of my games that I've picked, but most of them, certainly over half of them, are more on the Super Mega Lucky Box side of being a very short, light, easy to iterate sort of game. That's... A little more where mm. I tended to the point where I try to. I think there's more games that are lighter that I can imagine playing 50 times just because I can imagine playing it five times in a day. And then, you know, that happens 10 times and you're there. If they're, if they're really big games that you're saying I'd it would take, you know, it's unlikely I'd really be playing it multiple times at once. Then to have 50 different days when you're playing it seems a lot more difficult. Now, it could be kind of wish fulfillment, though, which I didn't, I guess, get too deep into. These are all things that I could pretty practically play 50 times. I didn't get into like some kind of alternate reality where I have unlimited time, maybe a TARDIS to warp time itself to be able to get all these plays in. I certainly didn't go into time travel, but I do like that for maybe episode 100. Uh, But for this one, I 
I think kind of medium level games though. I don't know that any of mine are super fast. But I also could mm. see like if you were gonna do it like I don't know, that game just sits out. Like, yeah, we bought a table and that just game oh. is ready to go all the time, possibly. I don't know if that's going to happen. This was more well, of like a it would want to be played fifty times, but it may not. If you had one of those board gaming tables, I think they call it a vault where like the the top of the table comes off and there's that inset part that is usually like felt lined or some kind of cloth lined table underneath. You could have a game that's sort of always set up under there and then, you know, just pull off the top whenever you're you're feeling you're feeling like giving it a go. I also feel like that with Board Game Arena, proud not sponsor of the show, these things seem more attainable as well. Like I think oh, it's easy that's to a good point. You know, ten what? Time, I could play a pretty big game ten times a day for five days. I was not thinking about Board Game Arena at all. Now none of mine are on Board Game Arena currently that I'm aware of. So again, maybe it okay. is that wish fulfillment. Like I wish this was on there because I would play it fifty times. Because you could start. I don't know when at what point they stop you from creating new like turn-based games. There's sort of a warning about like if you're doing a, two live games or multiple live games at once. But I guess there's nothing technically stopping you from starting like 20 of a game or 50 yeah, that's true. of a game at once. Um, seems it's exhausting. I think for me that would go past the like hobby enjoyment kind of area into a I'm going to need to be paid for this challenge because it's. I don't think it's I think the fun would wear off. I think that's more of what I thought of was if I'm playing it 50 times, which games do I think I would still like? after playing 50 times i think a lot of the other ones oh. once i got to 50 like i just okay. would never want to play it again like we'd be it'd be done i would have explored everything to explore and 50 is a really high number for a board game i think on average the game if i'm guessing i'm bg stats might tell me i'm guessing that my average number of plays on any game is only like three or four point something if you average the whole collection because there are some that i've played a whole lot and some that i've only played once a year yeah, I don't... Some of mine, I feel like I want to play 50 times because I'll never have to play it again. Like, that will be... I'll oh. know of everything, everything. I'll have done every combination. Okay. I want to play it. I will now know... I will be an expert, a master of the game. It is now done. So you're almost playing to the very thing that I was trying to avoid. Yeah. On some. On others, I think it's like, oh, I, I could play this forever kind of mentality. So right. spread. Well, I am going to jump right in. These are in no order whatsoever. I'm just going to jump in with the one that I think is my heaviest most board game pick and that is puerto rico i know it's not Oof. on your list i know i Boy, know it's, it's not, not on your yeah. list Oof. but for i wanted to get some game that was heavier because i like heavier games but i just i very few of them do i imagine playing 50 times i think like 20 for some of them seems like gosh it seems like a, a lot so puerto rico is one it makes sense in my head when i'm playing it and i think that's another thing like a level of ease while I'm playing, if I'm going to have to play it 50 times. I like the very tactical, in-the-moment decisions you make with Puerto Rico. There are some long-term concerns, but the way that actions are kind of taken um, by other people that then determines what's actually available for you when it gets to you. You can't do a ton of pre-planning all the time about the order in which things are going to go. You can kind of just aim towards something. So that is... The the biggest, pretty much, the biggest, uh, most classic board game on my list. It gets a lot of, a lot of dice and, and short play times after that. That's a pretty good-sized game. 
50 yeah. times. So I obviously respect your decision. I personally would rather <laughs> swim to Puerto Rico and back 50 times rather than play it. But to everybody, their own choices. Right. Maybe that's the hundredth episode is things I'd rather do than playing Puerto Rico a hundred times. Love it. That sounds excellent. That's a boy. That's a long list. Yeah. Oh, so, yeah you have a lot to pick from. Yeah. Uh, so my first game that I'm going to pick on here, it's a game we talked about recently, played recently. I could play Quacks of Quedlinburg oh. 50 times yeah. easily, I think. Yeah. I think that our, our post-game discussion that we all had, and then Aaron and I just kind of kept having longer than people probably should about a game, mm-hmm. but um, involved like us talking about all the different strategies, like, oh, we could try this or this or this. And I think if you play 50 times, you can probably do just about everything thing you'd want to do with the different color combinations and also just giving yourself the mathematical chance for it to like go off the way you want it to. Right. And there's different like, I, I don't know what the ingredients, I guess. There's different ingredients that you can put into the game or like the books that show what it does, I think are like two sided. So there's also a lot of variability. If you're playing 50 times, you're going to get to see different combinations of ingredients together. Yeah. And I think that's one where if you do that, though, at the end of it, you're like, I know what path to take based on what's probably out there or what mm-hmm. combinations of potions are is like the best or the worst. Like I think you'll be pretty pretty well in as a master uh, of the craft at that point. Right. That's pretty good. And being a push your luck game, I wonder how much you would start to, you know, at some point if you figure out the odds, it's not really the same as push your luck. I'm sure you get a lot better of knowing exactly what was in your bag and what the odds are every time that you're picking. I know when Aaron was way more into poker, there's kind of like, I don't want to say it plays itself because that's not quite true. But when you get deep into the stats, more of it kind of starts to play itself because you know you you anticipate losing, but it's over this long haul, you're going to win more than you lose. And 50 games would definitely be enough time to begin honing in on that oh i think so for sure yeah i think and i think it's one where if you do that i mean i guess you're having to play with other people 50 times so unless you're finding a lot of different people i mean you're either with people that i think it would separate you from a person that is not played it 50 times like it might be somewhat unplayable to play with a person who has done that if you haven't yeah i think that's true for anything we put on here though well you know what some of my picks maybe won't Maybe maybe it super doesn't matter. I'm looking at one for sure. Um, not the next one I'm going to say, though. The next one I'm going to say, another... This is probably the second biggest game. Uh, Hadrian's Wall, which that yes. is a flip-and-write game where you have two, basically, spreadsheets of boxes, and you just... Flip cards, you do have, like, actual resources. A lot of other roll-and-write games, flip-and-write games... There's kind of maybe a concept of resources, but it's just things you're marking off on your sheet. There's enough going on in this that they actually do give you wooden pieces to turn in and transform so you can keep track of everything. Anything else would be a complete nightmare. There's there's no way you're filling up this whole sheet. So you'd probably start to explore the different options fully a little more and kind of see how each one plays out. Then you would maybe start to tweak which way you were going to go based on the cards that came out every time and kind of the resources you got maybe to start with, what made more sense, where you were going to kind of find more synergy with your starting resources based on what card was flipped. Um, 
I've played it the most. I don't think I've even, I don't know that I've even played it once multiplayer. I think I've only played it solo. And that would be just fine by me if all 50 plays were solo. It's one that I, it's a, I've played it an unusual amount, like N hotels. I don't even travel that much, but I know I've, I think I've played it in three different hotels. I don't know why I've played it so much out and I don't know why it's such a positive association for me, but it's just like something about being away, being in a hotel and kind of knowing you have like a weird amount of time to kill where you can't like really start up something huge, but also you have nowhere to be for at least an hour. Like for me, that's like, oh yeah, it's probably time for Hadrian's Wall. And it's not, if you, it's pretty easy to leave also on the table because ultimately it's just a few pieces of paper. So if you have to leave it and come back to it, you can kind of just push it aside and come back. Um, if you keep track of where you've like left off. So yeah, Hadrian's Wall. Maybe I play 50 different hotels. It's going to be a lot more traveling than I do, but what who knows? Who knows what the future holds? That's that's a blog that I'll definitely read. Interesting. <laughs> Hotel Wall. review slash board game review slash... Right. You might as well throw something else in there, too. Like yeah. Some kind of food, local probably. Local Cirque du Soleil. Oh, that's more... That's better than Cirque du Soleil. Yeah, I think so. I think so. My number two, I'm going to say role player. I think oh. I could play a role player 50 times. I think, and I am counting on this one. I know there are expansions. Yes. And I have not played those expansions, but it is contingent on me playing the, those expansions. I don't okay. know 50 times with just the base game. I could do an easy 20 with the base game, start sprinkling in some of those expansions. I think yeah. we're at 50 before we even know what happened. None of mine include expansions. And I looked at role player on my shelf. Because, again, I just looked at my shelves. So all but one of these are games that I actually have downstairs. Role player, I just thought, man, roundabout play 30. I think I'd be like, eh, this is, that's probably it. That's, that's probably good. It does seem like a lot of stuff going on in those expansions. So I think the expansions could probably... You might be able to get 25 plays base game, 25 out of each of the expansions. I have two of them. I don't know if there's more than that. Um, so, yeah, you, you might be able to push that one past 50 when you consider all the content. Yeah, I'm, I'm excited for it. Let's do it. If you were role-playering role these characters, what if you had, like, a series where then you talk about that adventure that you made with each one of these 50 plays? Oh, yeah, I would absolutely do that. Like, a one-sheet description of it. Right. Possibly in uh, a March Madness style bracket at the end of it all. Oh. And people can vote on who they think would win based on their stats and whatever backstory I've given them, like the little character flaws or gifts or things like that. That sounds like a very productive creative writing assignment. Yes. I mean, I'm certainly not going to do it. Like, I'm really overcommitted already in my head. I'm like, there's yeah. not a chance you're doing that. But yeah, somebody yeah. should. Oh, yeah. I'd love to hand off that torch. Yeah, yeah. Just here for the ideation. Don't need to do the execution at all. Yeah. Absolutely. I mean, as a senior project for, again, some kind of creative writing English class or something, boy, what a good time. What a good time. Oh, if you get a doctorate with that, I feel like Whoa. I get a master's by default. <laughs> I think that's how that works. I think so. It's like, I'll, I'll let you know where to send the degree. That would be great. Please, yeah, absolutely. Thank you. <laughs> okay, so from here on in, I have just the lightest floaty flyaway kind of games. I don't, that's the, that's completely the end of the heavy side of my list. The next one, and this is one that I don't have, this is the one game that I'm going to list that I don't have in my collection, and that's Draftosaurus. So at the beginning when I said nothing on BGA, mm -hmm. I completely lied. This one is on BGA. 
it's not the only way I've played it, but it's the way I've most played it. And who doesn't have four minutes to play Draftosaurus? I'm not, it's not even, I'm not even like good or competitive at it. I just like how quick it is. I like that you just pick a dinosaur and you move on and you like it. You could have more manipulation options in that game. The way it works, you have like a hand of dinosaurs. I think if you were in person, but I'm always digital. You have some dinosaurs given to you. You take one, you pass the dinosaurs and then you get dinosaurs passed to you. And you take another one. They're just different colors. I'm sure they are actually different dinosaurs. There's a T-Rex. There's other ones that are different shapes. And you have to pick one. There's also a die roll that kind of suggests where it needs to go. When it's your turn, like when you're the one rolling the die, when you're leading the round, you can put it anywhere no matter what gets rolled. Otherwise, you're subject to the whims of whatever comes up on the dice, which means like... You don't get to manipulate it ever, so you're just at some point making bad decisions. It depends so much on everyone else playing, what you even get to place. And on BGA, at least, there's two sides to the sheet, I think. There's like a summer-winter kind of side. By default on BGA, like people are pretty much just starting a game on the summer side, and that's it. So it's it's very short. So playing it 50 times, I kind of feel like I could space out and play it 50 times in a day and be like, oh, I should probably you know, go make dinner or something, you know, like I think that I could just (laughs) sort of glaze over and play a whole lot of Draftosaurus. Just a nice, colorful game. I would like to play it in person as far as the last two years. There's been a bit of a pandemic going around. So you're not exactly looking to hold and share a whole bunch of pieces, nor have the people maybe around to do that. Um, But I think they also have expansions for this. So I'm kind of thinking that I know I like the game. Maybe I'll just get the expansions, get it all, kind of throw it all into one box and see if I like the physical game as much as I've enjoyed playing it on BGA. Question about the physical game. Yeah. Does it come with like cups? Cups. Like to put the dice in. Are you actually like handing like my hand, like one person's hand trying to like secretly pass it on or are they in cups like they should be? I wonder if they're like in bags. Okay, that's fine. I could see. I was it. just thinking, like, there's no way you could like be handing off like a handful of dinosaur toys secretly, just around. That'd be. It, it might be because there might be one bag that you initially pull from to get your handful. Because once you see, you know, you see all the ones in your hand, then you pass it on, and then it doesn't matter if you see them again exactly. But I guess you don't want to know. It's a lot to keep up with. Someone out there, and I don't think me even fifty plays. Even after 50 plays, I'm not going to be the person that's going to memorize like which dinosaurs are in what hand and then pay attention to what everybody plays out and then know what's going to come back to me. I honestly, when I play that game, I get dinosaurs, I put dinosaurs into a void and then I get new dinosaurs from a void and then I put them into a void. So I'm never like trying to keep track of oh well i better take this blue dinosaur because the first hand had this many blue dinosaurs and that one has already been played out so it won't be coming back to me absolutely not every single one is like a tabula rasa i think that's what they say like a a blank slate just coming to me Mm. and then i pick a dinosaur it's the most and i think that's maybe why it's such like a zen experience for me because i care not where the dinosaurs come from or where they go i am just in the moment with the dinosaurs that i have i lose a lot and I don't even, it doesn't deter me. I just, I just like clicking a dinosaur and then seeing new dinosaurs. I don't know. I don't know. 
Agreed. And I also don't check other people's boards. Do you do that? No. The only time I might check other people's boards, if I'm playing mobile, as many great things as we say about the service, the mobile is only okay. So I definitely don't look on there. Sometimes if I'm trying to figure out that, like, king of the king of the jungle or whatever, there's one that oh, you yeah. can pick, and it's like, if you have the most of this, that's the only time that I might check. Because, again, these dinosaurs are coming from a void. I have no idea how many. After the first four, if you're paying attention and you're playing four players, after the first four that you've taken, you could kind of know all of the dinosaurs that there are. And that's how other people are playing and winning, I'm sure. But I'm not. And I play the winter side so infrequently, I can't even remember if there's a better reason to check on that side. I think that side is probably a little better, but it's just not the default. Doesn't come up, and I'm not usually setting up my own games. I just join whatever someone makes. Yeah, that is true. Because setting it up outside of the standard would take longer than playing the game. So that's reasonable. Great pick. Couldn't agree more. My next pick is going to be Custom Heroes. Oh, yeah. We also lauded recently quite a bit. Mm -hmm. Uh, It's it's card crafting. Always a big fan of. I like. I think that it's repeatable in the sense that because people can pick different set sizes, yes, you'll eventually become more proficient with some add-ons, but I think it's so contingent on the group that you're playing with yeah. to determine how the game is played that if you switch yeah. that up, oh, you could hit 50 easy. I mean, I can, And you could play six times in a row, I think, easily. What do you think would be your preferred play count or would you just want to keep, would go all the way from two up to, I think maybe it goes six, five or six? Would you just want to be dotting the landscape with whatever play count was available? Or do you kind of feel like there's a, a level you kind of hone in on? I'd want to play all of them within the 50 for sure. Like all the player counts. But I think after that, I don't really care about that. I think mm. it'd be fun to see the different dynamics mm-hmm. and not even go into it. In a very board game arena style where like sometimes you're like, oh, I guess there's oh, okay. five of us doing this. And then you're right. just like, okay, let's see how this works. Like I kind of like okay. that surprise number of players. Right. I will say it feels very different at two than it does at five. Oh, I could see that for sure. Yeah. And faster. Yeah. And I mean, even just not only faster, the way that you're thinking about it because less people go through between your in between your turns like some games it just doesn't matter really how many people are in between your next turn that one it feels a lot different how many people are, are in between your next turn and I've played the game more at two but I don't think this is why I'm better at it than two I think my brain understands it at two and when it gets to four five more like I think my brain just doesn't we kind of get into a draftosaurus space where it's just like well here are some cards we'll see what happens right. when it comes back around yeah, I agree with that. And there is always a certain amount of it. And I think there'd just be interesting to see the trends over a 50-game mm. period Yeah, on it. Because, yeah, it's it's in that same, like you were talking about, like, poker earlier, where, like, you're just going to lose some hands. Oh, you're just going to yeah. lose some games. Really, there's nothing yeah. you can do. But what are the trends mm. across a larger set of games? I think it's always fascinating. The, the, the way that game is played kind of controls for the fact that you can, you're just going to get a bad shuffle sometimes. And even one bad shuffle could be to your advantage because you could end up getting more power-ups that you can use when it's advantageous for you. I kind of think doing bad at the beginning might be better just because it gives you a few more options going into the rest of the game. That's true. That is true. Can you modify a card you don't play? 
you, everyone keeps playing their cards until pretty close. Like, so you'd have to lose and then also modify a card that you didn't play. So I don't see why you couldn't. I don't remember. So I don't remember anything in the rules why you couldn't, but it's very unlikely because you only one person doesn't play all their cards. Yeah, that's a good point. And yeah, then, I'm at just that point, you've lost, thinking. and I don't know why it would be better for you to put that into the shuffle than keep it for yourself. So well, I don't know either, but I assume at 40 <laughs> games in, I'll now know why right. the strategy is good. Start so to have some different um, ideas. Right. Well, I think I, it is a good point to the people choosing when or not to modify things would make the game so different too. Because they get all these reserved power-ups they're not using, or mm -hmm. just a super-powered game. Right. So you get a big swath of variety on that, too. Well, and that's in... When we were talking about it in the other podcast, and Aaron said that there was a card... I think it was in the podcast. that He said there was a card that he drew all the time when we played two-player. I had never seen it, because I had never drawn it myself. And he's like, oh, yeah, I drew that all the time. I just didn't want it. So I never played it. And I was like, right. what? So I didn't even think about the ways how much your play group would matter. So... That's definitely a thing. If they're just like, I don't like these negative numbers. I don't want to switch the direction. It's not a game that I had ever heard about before I saw it. I've then, like, since then searched it out a little bit to hear more, but it just didn't, it doesn't come up very often. So, yeah, I think that would definitely be an interesting one because as you'd be playing 50 times, you'd undoubtedly be introducing it to a lot of people. So that would be interesting. Oh, for sure. Yeah. That's a good point. I didn't think about the introduction of new people to the game because you'd have to unless you just sat there with the same yeah. people. Which, you know, again, lower player counts, it just seems more likely that you're going to be able to iterate a game that many times. Two or three people you might get on board to say like, hey, this Saturday, Custom Heroes Day. Mm. But yeah, I think yeah, it's, that's it's true. a little harder with bigger groups to, to kind of get that buy-in. Just to get that many people to agree on a game can be difficult. Um, all right, so my I'm going to save my least justifiable pick for last. And right now, I'm going to pick Death Valley. I've already said on podcast before that I like it. It's a little button-shy game. It's 18 cards. When can't you play Death Valley? You can just put it in your back pocket, take it with you wherever you may go. You have 10 minutes and a moderate amount of table space. Like, you can't, you can't play it on i would get it'd be a little tight on a plane it'd be fine but that's about how much you need like a tray table of space and it's solo or two player it's not more people than that i don't know i i don't i don't know that it's really like the greatest game but it's just the right weight and length i think sometimes those those things sit on kind of like a, a balancing scale where games can be too heavy or too long or it's it's very light but still has enough strategy to it that I feel like those scales just equal out perfectly for me for this game. Good. I like that some of your picks are like soothing. Like there's oh. like a level of self-care into like yes. the, playing it 50 times so it's going to be beneficial. And that what, did not cross my mind. <laughs> what you don't know is it's another podcast that I think will be released before this one that I'm doing like solo mode. I'm trying to do solo mode podcasts. And the kind of overarching theme there is that I do solo board games as like a self-care thing. Like I've realized that's what I like about it. It's a little time away 
It lets my mind, like, but lets me pour my mind into something else, give it a problem to work on, and that's not like an actual real world problem. And it usually prompts some kind of reflection because the thing that I'm trying to do in the game usually has some kind of real world parallel. So, yes, that is absolutely the vibe. You are very astute to pick up on it. Going to do a whole bunch of podcasts about exactly that. That's fantastic. I like hearing that. Um, props to you for thinking like that. My next pick, which I think is the opposite of self-care in okay. some ways, okay, <laughs> is... There's some asterisks on this game here. I would like to play Bunny Kingdom 50 oh, times. Okay. I you know what? Yes. This is going to be a dig on Aaron, but I'd like to play Bunny Kingdom once correctly. I, I know. And I also that asterisks with Aaron cannot be a part of more than 10% of these games. Yeah. It's, I, it has a lot of components that I like. Card drafting, I'm a big fan of. Mm -hmm. Even the area control, blocking people, building things up. Like I, I like that part of it. I think mm -hmm. it's a very well-made game. I believe that's a Richard Garfield game, mm -hmm. who I've uh, sung the praises of his other works, uh, including but not limited to Magic the Gathering. Yeah. But uh, there's also at least one expansion. I think they go into like the sky or something. So I think there's oh, a yeah. little bit of a reach if it starts to like level out at a point. Again, that's one where I think the people you play with would make a big difference on their strategies. So getting some different people's thoughts and how they do things, you have to adapt to it. And that's one thing, and I've played with the public over the years in various ways, and, and I like it a lot because even if they play poorly, just because maybe you're a better player doesn't actually mean that's always an advantage. Because mm. in some games, playing poorly disrupts everything, or playing outside of oh. what classically would be the best move. Mm -hmm. And that disruption, though, I think is really can make the game fun. If you're willing to go for that ride and just say, yeah, okay, I guess this is what we're now doing. Okay, I have to plan with that and i think bunny kingdom lends itself to that for sure right i don't do a lot of area majority games but i think i'm more into it in bunny kingdom than other games because that for that one it's like a grid based thing right where you're you have right. to pick the card from the cards you've been passed and then that gives you kind of rights to that square of the grid Correct. There are cards also that you can pick that are not associated with that grid. Yeah. So if you pick a card that's not associated with that grid, you are, to some degree, giving up a piece of area control right. with that other pick and then balancing that out. Um, I think we're also, I mean, we've said it before, like we are kind of dice and card people, I think, at the core. So I agree that it just makes more sense in my brain than other area games because mm -hmm. it just involves cards. Mm -hmm. And somewhere in that neural wiring, it yeah. just seems like it makes more sense we don't do a lot of games where you have an area and you're like advancing on other areas and that kind of thing like um small world does that long time ago we used to play a lot of small world and really haven't since and maybe that's kind of what burned me out on that type of thing but this you're never like invading other areas i don't think no and that's why i honestly i like about it is that it's just enough of the elements of like taking up space on a board mm -hmm that equaling victory points without the actual fighty fighty part of it, mm -hmm. which I think can become tedious and combative, especially when you deal with like multiple players mm -hmm. and then just some of the social rules that come with that, right? Like, Oh, uh, do we all gang up on that person? Do we then have to attack somebody else? Cause they did this. Like it kind of right. eliminates sometimes the not fun parts 
of area control games. Yeah. And just, it's just bunnies making a kingdom. Because <laughs> there's definitely, there can definitely be a level of king making where you may not even be in contention to win, but you, in other area control games, you're kind of deciding who else is likely to win. And so then you right. have kind of this weird power over the final state of the game that sort of has nothing to do with anything, but maybe just who you like more. So yeah, there's, there's nothing like that happening in, there's a, I guess you could pass cards to someone that helps them, even if you aren't going to win, but that doesn't mean that given everything they have going on, they even want to take that card. Cause I think there's like some that are just, I feel like there's like golden items that you can take. And then having, if you keep getting golden items, you keep getting more and more money. And I think people know the cards you play, right? It's like a, everyone reveals what they play. Yeah. Yeah. You pick a card and you play that card, I believe, is the format of this. It's been a little bit bit since we played it. Yeah. Yeah, I think there are golden carrots that Mm -hmm. translate to something. Mm -hmm. And I don't know if it's points or money or what on there. But yeah, there is some golden, uh, you know, rabbit based element. Yeah. And it's always, I feel like that game, when you're done and like seeing, because you have all these little bunny figurines that are getting placed out there and then you have castles that have like a number of not columns on them i'm not sure what they're actually called but they get bigger and bigger based on how you know you've built you've built them up so at the end state of the game always looks unique and always kind of shows how you've taken over like the map is always the same but then how you've taken over that map is like different every time so i think that's also kind of a fun kind of a fun in-game state and you know we talk about we like to discuss a game after we play it and what happened here and what happened there. And that gives you like this whole populated map to talk about after a game. Oh, that's a good point. Yeah. We do like a good post game discussion. That's for sure. Yeah. (laughs) What does not have a lot of post game discussion is my final pick. Again, not really justifiable, not the, maybe the least justifiable one on here. It's high risk. High risk is a tiny box game by, uh, yellow they make these like real shot and tottens comes in the same size box as high risk they have a few other games it's just a little picture of a mountain the board is like the size of your hand maybe a little smaller and you get uh four or five climbers and then there's like five dice and the dice have a kind of like a lightning looking red icon on them or a cloud or a mountain you roll all the dice and it's just push your luck if you get mountains you get to move your climber up if you get clouds, kind of just nothing happens, but you also don't re-roll it. And if you get uh, lightnings, it's bad. If you roll and you get all lightnings, then you fall down. Like there was a event on the mountain, one of your climbers falls down. And you're just trying to get your climbers to the top. That's it. I, d- I think I could play it 50 times because, again, this is a game you can have out and be playing with someone else. And I think it plays maybe up to four. Also super small. Kind of could take it anywhere also, you can play it on a tray table. I don't, tray table was not meant to be like the theme here, but aside from Puerto Rico, pretty close to what the, what my qualifications for a game I play 50 times. Apparently I'm going to carry it around on a tray table so that I may play it often. I like that. That's good though. We played a lot like uh, waiting to, it's kind of a game before we had more small box games. This was one that we happened to have had for a while. I think I just picked it up cheap somewhere. And just play it waiting on something. When you have five, ten minutes, it's completely dice roll luck. There's a very tiny bit of strategy about, am I going to move up this climber 
higher up or am I going to move climbers lower on the mountain up equal to this one? That's about it. Aside from that, it's just going to be like, did I roll awesome or not? And there's, I think if you roll and you don't have any lightning, no matter how much of whatever else you have, you get to take another turn. Aaron will press his luck more than I will because I'll kind of be more safe bets and trying to, over the most plays, get to the top. But because of the kind of game it is, sometimes even though it's high risk, like sometimes risking it all isn't actually very risky because you just don't have many people on the mountain in the first place. So he'll put himself in risky situations and then have to push his luck to the very edge and get these rolls where he can then get a re-roll and get another turn and he can get like half his people up the mountain. So it has a very similar energy to Can't Stop. I mean, Can't Stop is also push your luck, technically mountain climbing, very similar energy to that. Um, so yeah, high risk. I'm not even, I don't, even though I'm listing it on the top five games I'd play 50 times, I don't even know that I super recommend it, but I do think if you see it somewhere, especially if you see it cheap, like it maybe isn't great, but it's not bad. It's not bad. Well, it's very approachable as well. So if you're ever in a situation where, I mean, you're in some somewhat small area with anybody for 45 minutes. Yeah. Hey, want to play this game? Yeah. Okay. And it's, I'm pretty sure it's a, I think the, it's not Yahtzee rules, but it's similar enough that, yeah, we're just going to roll dice and try to get to the top of the mountain. And then that's like, that's it. That's the entire tutorial. And of course there are like some rules, but yes, it's very true that it doesn't matter if you could just walk up to anybody and play this game. It's not going to take a lot of their time. I think I could I could play it 50 times because of how short it is, not because of how much gameplay variability there is or not because of how engaging it is. I think you could just be playing it and talking with people and it happens to be the thing in the middle of the table while you're talking. It's not going to dominate the conversation at all. It's just going to it might be a little bit, "Oh, what a great role." and then you'll, you know, keep talking about work and your lives and whatever else. So, it would be a very good like icebreaker game hey, we have to be here together for a little bit while we play high risk. Yeah, that's a good call. I like that. Yeah, you could get through that 50 pretty quick, I think. Yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah. It's not that far from my last pick. Um, my last pick uh, is actually a, an oldie, but a goodie. Mm-hmm. I am bringing it back from the archives because of uh, the popularity of Wordle. I am going to pick Word Yahtzee, okay. which is Yahtzee, but with letters. And Isn't you that... have to make like a one, two, three, four, five, six, seven letter word as you're rolling them on there. They're worth different point values, the different letters, uh, Scrabble style on that. And you're still going for the most points overall. So I think now more than ever, I might be able to get 50 people yeah. or people 50 times to play this game. I played it as a youth. And I liked it not 50 times. So it's qualifying for this list. I don't actually know that I own it, but I think if you go to any thrift store for probably (laughs) (laughs) $1.99, you can get yourself a copy of one of these. So look for it out there, and I will be happy to play with anybody that I see have a copy of Word Yahtzee. Is it? So you have seven total dice that you're rolling on your turn. Is Are there any cues? Like, is it possible... It's Q U, I think, is the what's on the die. Is on the oh okay. I, I guess think, I'm if thinking, I remember correct. Like, is it possible to roll dice and be like, that's not nope. 
like we just aren't making a word this time because of how but I guess you would be keeping dice and re-rolling to try to get to a word yeah that's interesting never heard of it you would hope they'd have an app but you know I guess not everything has an app no no I mean they stopped printing this and I don't actually know this by the way this is not a fact but Mm. 1985 would be my guess (laughs) when they stopped making this yeah yeah I'll try to find out before the close of this so is, again, in standard Yahtzee, the most points is getting the same thing on all the dice. That definitely wouldn't be true on word Yahtzee because that's not a word. It's a sound at most. So right. what is the like Yahtzee equivalent in word Yahtzee for like, yes, Would be a seven letter word using getting all of the dice to make word. one word. Yeah. Oh, Okay. And then you can do that. And there are wilds as well. So like to help because yeah, it's hard to make words. Yeah. I, it was sounding like real difficult the way I was imagining it, but I think I was overdoing it. Usually when I'm like looking at this has happened today, I was playing project L and turns out I was playing it way too hard. Like I just, by default, I seem to make things harder, not easier. Like I just imagine them harder. So what a nice surprise. There's wilds in there. Well, that does sound like you'd actually be able to make words. I'm like, wow, I'd be awful at word Yahtzee. That sounds really difficult. Yeah. I mean, it's still luck and stuff like that. But I remember being fun when I was young. That People are all, all excited about making words and letters and stuff yeah, right now. Yeah. So they sure keep are. that going. They sure yep. are. I think that's nice. It's It's good for word puzzles to be to be popular i backed alliterati which is like a co-op word building game and i think that is specifically the energy i'm looking for uh in word battle games i'm not officially dyslexic but i think that i have a few qualities that have me pretty pretty close to that so there are times in word games like sometimes it totally makes sense for me and and totally works and others there's just like a, a hard stop so I like the idea of having a uh, a co-op word game. I don't feel like you see that a lot. It usually is who can find more words, and the answer is usually not me. So maybe word Yahtzee, there's ways that you could you could just play that co-op. You'd just be working with somebody else and trying to fill out the sheet together, make words. I think so. And again, I've, I've sung the praises of Yahtzee for years, and there are lots of fun ways to play Yahtzee that you could also play word Yahtzee okay. where where I think even if it's not co-op it uh, like you just said said start at the top go to the bottom so like you are just filling out each thing as you can mm-hmm. instead of picking where it goes things mm-hmm. like that where you could do things like that which eliminates a certain amount of the competition because it becomes right. more luck right than skill so things like that I think you can bridge that gap wherever you need to yeah. based on who you're playing with we, uh, Aaron and I played Gravwell last night, and it almost made this list. I think we can kind of get into honorable mentions. Gravwell almost made this list. But we were saying that in a two-player game, we the next time we play it, we might play with four ships. And we don't know exactly how the playing of the cards would work, but just the fact that you'd have more ships out there and you'd be controlling, because you'd be controlling more of them, that game has a lot to do with if you're the closest to a ship, that determines the way that you move. So we thought, well, if you had to, like play a card and either like apply it to two ships or would you play two cards at the same time and get to pick which ship did what and that's after just playing it once so I can only imagine after you play it 50 times that you might start to have some ways that you like to play it some variation that you put in 
enhance it enough for your plays and kind of figure out exactly how you like it. My cousin always says there's no police for that as far as like, you know, you can break the rules to a game in your own home if everyone's kind of fine with that. It doesn't it doesn't matter. They've given you a way to play it, but you can really do whatever you want. So, yeah, 50 plays in, you might decide, oh, this is how we like to do it. Well, for sure. Anybody playing custom heroes with me past probably game 38, Bill, I'll have contacted a lamination factory. It'll be my face as one of the characters. I'll have my dog on there, all the accessories I want. So, yeah, be prepared. Right. Because, you know, they're just slotting cars in there. Who says you can't make whatever little power up on a piece of plexi that you want? Yep, absolutely. Uh, So other honorable mentions. I also had Fantastic Factories. And one of the games you're talking about that I thought, oh, you know what? Yeah, it kind of reminded me I could... I could probably play a good amount of King of Tokyo. Fantastic Factories, I've played a fair amount already. And that one does have expansions that comes in it. King of Tokyo would be the, uh, I have the Dark Edition, I think is what it's called, or Dark Mode. So it would be that one. And it has a little more in it than the base one. Uh, King of Tokyo is one that I took to work, taught like a group of six people. It was approachable enough, like, you know, it's, you inherently understand what the game concept is and i think that's nice about playing some 50 times if that's going to involve bringing it to new people not having puerto rico maybe not the game that you're taking to new people 50 times but king of tokyo it's like oh you're a monster you're in tokyo you want to be the best monster you know go go from there five tribes was in my honorable mention for sure oh Uh, five tribes yeah uh kubitos I think with all the variation on the cards, yep. you could do 50 times. Yeah. Yep. Cubitos is a good one because I've played Cubitos, I think, a dozen times already. And I didn't really, I didn't even think about that. I wasn't thinking about how there's four different, uh, I think there's four different like racetracks. I mean, you know, they're only so different, but there's four different racetracks. And then I think each color of dice has seven different ones. So just to play like, if you played all the combinations, like the seven sets on each one of the tracks, that's already 28. Right. Did you find out you, how old? Uh, oh, no, no is the answer. I sure oh. didn't. You'd think it'd be easier than it is. I, I Is the answer on this. I'm going to give it a try. I don't think there's a Wikipedia page for it. Oh, yeah, there is. No, there's not. Is it not on Board Game Geek? We're Yahtzee. Board Game. Board Game Geek. I don't know. I'm not sure what you were doing. 1978 is when it was made. Boy, it looks exactly like 1978. <laughs> it looks like the classic Yahtzee that you're thinking of. Except, except, it's green. <laughs> and the picture, I don't know who made this picture. I don't know if this is actually the uh, publisher, Milton Bradley, or not. But it says, uh, buy me. Like, they spray, they, that's what they spelled out with the letters. So it's not the cover of the box, but that's just another picture that's here. And it's just the dice are oh, suddenly telling you, like, yeah, this is a good one. Two to four players. The community says it's one to four and best two to four. It's rated a five out of ten. And its rank overall is 22,021. So it's not exactly loved by BGG, but I think we all expected that much. Hey, I'm happy with the top 23,000. You know, that's, that seems <laughs> That's very, a strong game right there. Good. Yeah, classic Absolutely. Yahtzee, like old school Yahtzee font on the green cup itself. Oh, now I'm looking at the word Yahtzee scorecard. Two-letter word, three-letter word, four, five, six-letter word. And total score, that's the upper section. And then lower section, one word, two word, three words. 
What do you mean all consonants? I guess you're using a wild, all vowels, or that's just your roll if you roll all consonants. Yeah. Roll all vowels. Oh, okay. Yahtzee words. So that would be seven letter words, I suppose. And then you, have, you still have a chance. You still have Yahtzee bonus. And then for more Yahtzee fun, try Yahtzee and triple Yahtzee is printed on the bottom of the scorecard. So it almost feels like even once you bought word Yahtzee, they were like, this is not the best Yahtzee. Please <laughs> let it. Don't let there's other Yahtzees. You don't have if to. If you found this Yahtzee, please return to the store and go buy right. Yahtzee with the red box. On the front of the box itself, which I didn't see before because it's a smaller font, it says Word Yahtzee. It says the title of the game. But right above that, it says Great Shakes. It's and then Word Yahtzee. Uh, <laughs> so they could have called it Great Shakes. Roll the letter dice, build words, and score big. Okay. Word Yahtzee. And of course, if you're ever looking for I think at this point, pretty much any board game, you can put into Google the name of that board game and then the letters BBG or BGG for Board Game Geek. So any any game that you can think of, then BGG. And the first result is almost certainly going to be that page on Board Game Geek. If it is a game that is like this, very old, made by Milton Bradley or Parker Brothers, it's probably going to be rated really low, and you shouldn't take that personally if you love that game. People just, there's kind of a specific group that's really contributing heaviest to Board Game Geek, and you'll see that in what is rated high and what the hotness is, um, but it still remains the best way to look up any board game. People will put up their own pictures of it. So anyone can like submit pictures. So you can always see pictures of the game as well. There's a good number of pictures for even word Yahtzee instruction books. And you can, you can see the score pad really clearly. If for some reason you've played word Yahtzee so much that you need more of those sheets. If you don't want to find out about word Yahtzee, you should Google search word Yahtzee final year of production. That does not get you. No where that is so bgg much better route yeah and i don't know if they'll say now there's a there's still an overview that uh explains what happens they give you categories families mechanisms there's no credited designer there's no artist available and it was published internationally as well so there's other it looks like there's other language versions of the game so yeah they do have full credits for it and I'm kind of thinking it was released in 1978 and that was the first and last release of it because I'm not seeing anything that suggests another... I see more than one cover, for sure. But I see more than one cover, but are those different languages? Well, I don't know that. No. There's one that says mice on the cover and there's one that says time on the cover. The one that says mice, meaning that the dice have written out the word mice word Yahtzee it's not in the official Yahtzee kind of this looks like a knockoff which why it also seems to have wooden dice instead of like plastic dice and then there's another one that says word Yahtzee oh this is definitely from another language because there's two O's in word the Yahtzee has a heavily stylized font on that one it's like Milton Bradley and it's blue and blue and white cover the i think that the green one if you're gonna hunt it down and now we've talked so much about word yahtzee there's no way it's making it all in the podcast but if you're gonna hunt it down you're (laughs) gonna want the mb games great shakes it's word yahtzee cover 
Yeah. Oh, for yeah. sure. That's that's the legit one. That's yeah. how you know you're getting full board Yahtzee. Uh, there are 954 people that own this game that have their collections on Board Game Geek. 20 people have it on their wish list, and there's 32 of them for trade. There's four people who want it in a trade. One person has parts for it, and five people want parts. I've not really used this community to like exchange games or get stuff. I'm usually not looking for anything as specific as Word Yahtzee. You can see the third. You click on the link, and you can see 32 Board Game Geek users. Up to 19 years ago, goodness, that's when Board Game Geek started. Pretty close that wanted this because it dates them. Six days ago, someone in the United States put it on theirs to say, "Yeah, I want this in a trade." I think. Good time. Boy, you know, I maybe I'll just like go look around and just give those 20 people that game. Like, I'll find it at a garage sale and I'll just pick them up and start shipping out word Yahtzees. That is a very specific public service you're offering. Yeah. I'm not, no one really wants. I know. I'm not going to hold Well, 20 people it. do, actually. Sorry. 20 people want 20, that service. That's well, it. 20 people have it on their wish list. 32 want it in trade. I guess it yeah, says. Which I, I feel like is a little specific. Like, I'm not paying cash. Yahtzee. I'll only trade for it. Right, right, right. And that's fair. Man, someone rated it a 10 and they won it. 2018. Most people rated a 5 or a 6, even though it, it's an overall 5 when you look at the like the graph rating breakdown. 300, about 300 people have rated it. Word Yahtzee. We didn't have nearly as many facts about any of the other games. Oh, it's really a Word Yahtzee review, plus also some games we want to play 50 times. <laughs> Thank you so much for listening to episode 50. Be sure to subscribe to know when new episodes drop. You can follow us on Instagram, Twitter, and Twitch at Variant Hex. We have a website and a blog at VariantHex.com, and you can email us at podcast at VariantHex.com. We're very proud and excited to have made it to 50 episodes. We all have full-time jobs, and continuing this podcast has also ensured that we stay connected to one another. That said, we've done very little to promote our podcast, and I'll only ask this once every 50 episodes. We'd love for you to share this episode, maybe leave a review. I, I don't really know where. I hear people say that Apple, I don't, we, we also don't know how to promote a podcast. So really keep listening, let other people know, share a link to your favorite episode on whatever social platform you can stand to use these days. It's wild out there. We don't have a Patreon or accept donations of any sort. So if you were thinking of attempting to give us money, we don't want it. Please give to your favorite charity or other content creator instead. Let them know that we told you to do so. That's a real weird and probably ineffective way to promote a podcast, but it seems like one that could make the world a touch better. You could give to your local library. Some of them have board games in them now, so maybe go in there, check that out. And really what we'd like you to do more than anything else is to take time for yourself and those you care about and try to show compassion for those that you don't. The next episode will be our Games of the Month for May 2022, unless you're listening to these in reverse. In which case, you have 49 more episodes headed your way, the next one being about connected, calm, and creative experiences while playing board games. And that's all for now. Thank you so much for spending your time with us today. Today.